Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Hello, this is the show. I'm starting it now. Boy, it's been quite a year, 2017. (laughs) This is not the first episode coming out in the new year, but it is the last one being recorded in the year 2017. It's Friday, December 29th. I don't think I'm going to end up recording another show either after this one tonight or um, sometime tomorrow. In fact, I don't think I'll be able to record again until like the middle of January because I have... Plans tomorrow, and then I have work on Sunday, and then Monday is New Year's Day, and I also have work that day, but I won't be able to record between work sessions on Sunday and Monday. Um, oh, which reminds me that I should, I have to plan my other podcast recording, uh, cause we usually record our show on Sunday, but I will be going to a party. Um, and then after that, I'm just going to... Alright, fans, I'm going to just lay out all of my plans. Then, uh, after that, I'm going to uh, MAGFest for the 4th through... um, No, I changed... I wanted to change the month to look at the calendar. I changed the year. From the 4th through the 8th. Um, so the next chance I will get to record would be January 11th, and that is when the episode that you are hearing right now should be getting released, hopefully, unless something goes wrong, or unless I don't edit next week's episode in time and release that one on the 11th instead. So if any uh, of you guys want to find Jeff between the next two weeks and today, now you know everywhere he's going to be. Yep, I've told you all the places I'll be. I haven't told them where I work. <laughs> um, where I live, either, so they won't know too much. That's good. I, if if anyone who listens to the show knows me personally, and I've told you where I work, uh, <laughs> then you'll be able to find me. Uh, that first voice you're hearing is a guest who's brand new to the show. Please give a warm creepypasta welcome that none of us will be able to hear to Hannah Burge. Hello! And Hannah has brought for me uh, an additional surprise last-minute replacement guest because we had a scheduling conflict with our initially planned guest who um, provided our second story that you'll hear about next week. Anyway, this uh, this backup QB that's coming into the game in the fourth quarter, he's going to save it all. His name is Garrett Taggart. And oh. Um, I always, right after the guests, I'm like, uh, what happens now? What do I do? We read a scary Ever- story? Oh, wait, that's yeah, ex- the other podcast. No, no, we don't read the scary stories. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> we, you read them beforehand, <laughs> and then we talk about them as if they're uh, valuable literature. Yeah. Uh, and Hannah, you've brought one from No Sleep called He Won't Stop Tapping. Uh, please get as close to your microphone as possible and tell us all about what happens in this story. All right. Hopefully I can be heard. Um, so He Won't Stop Tapping is a story from Reddit No Sleep, which I have spent too much time on. Um, so it is a story about a young woman, I think. I think she uses she, her pronouns, but sorry if not. 
Um, she says that she lives in an attic, which is pretty small um, and has one window. And she sort of goes into a lot of talking about how her mother had m some mental issues when she was a kid, and now she is sort of messed up and is like very afraid of a lot of things and has had some hallucinations. And so sometimes she will see or hear scary things and not know whether they're actually scary or just real life stuff. Um, and she keeps throwing in these, like, little things about, like, uh-oh, a bad thing happened. I can hardly stand to let myself think about what happened, is one verbatim. Um, and she says that she is hearing this noise, and she keeps trying to drown it out with TV and other sounds, or, like, noise-canceling headphones that her friend gave her. And she says that it goes on for months, and then eventually she hears it again, and uh, it coincides with when she's like getting up to use the bathroom. She's described her uh, like bedroom pretty well. She has like there's some barrier between the bed and the window, so she can't see from the bed to the window directly, but. From the bathroom, she can see um, <clears throat> the window, and so she leans around the edge of the door jam, and she sees a creepy man perched on the slanted bits of roof, as she says. And there is a pretty spooky description um, of this man who's, like, crazy and gnashing his teeth, and the tapping is not actually tapping. It's this guy clacking his teeth together. And it says he's staring right at where she should be in the bed. And this part is terrifying because can you imagine? Can you imagine waking up in the middle of the night and there's a spooky man right next to your bed staring at where you should be? And the only thing between you is a window. That is very spooky. Um, and she is freaking out and she waits in the bathroom until the tapping stops and she leans around and the guy's gone. And then. In the morning, she calls her best friend, who is not named throughout the story for a reason I don't really understand. Um, she calls her friend, and her friend is like, okay, I'll come over, because she wants to make sure that this isn't because she's crazy. And basically, they play some games and whatever, and they hang out, and then her friend falls asleep, and she stays up until 3 a.m., and she hears the tap, tap, tap again. And she wakes her friend up, <clears throat> and he looks out the window, and he's like, oh, uh-oh, there's a scary man here. And he, like, stands up to go confront the guy, and the man makes a sound, which I listened to the story on the No Sleep podcast, and the sound that was made was very scary. Uh, I also listened to the story, which is why I had the same assumption as you that the uh, narrator is a woman, because that's who narrated it. Yeah, that's true. I guess it never actually genders her in here, but yeah, that's probably where I yeah, got it yeah. from. But yeah, it says in the story, it was a shriek of agony or excitement, I don't know, but in the No Sleep podcast, it's this very scary, like, animalistic, almost growl. It's really spooky to listen to. Um, like a lost raptor? Like uh, that type of crime? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's like a TIE fighter crossed with the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. I actually don't remember what it sounds like. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> we'll let the audience decide what it sounds like for themselves. Uh, and then uh, her friend is freaking out, and he seems like not quite right. And like the narrator did not get up to look at what he saw, 
but he is, like, really shaken up by whatever he saw. Um, so they, like, hang out for the rest of the night, and then in the morning, her friend is like, hey, let me just run home, change, tell my work I'm not going to be there, and then, like, let's go down to the police station, like, deal with this spooky dude. And, boy, this is a long summary. I forgot what a long story this was. Um, no, it's fine. You've cut out most of the boring parts. Yeah, I'm just telling the parts that either spooked me or were integral to the story. Um, and then she, like, waits. He says it's going to be 30 minutes, and she says she waits 35 minutes, and then 40 minutes, and then calls 911. And, I mean, I guess I kind of get it. Like, there's a spooky man outside, but that is not very long to wait to call 911. And she's like, why is this 911 operator not listening to me? So, I don't know about all that. Now, I believe what happens is she starts to get worried at 40 minutes, and then at an hour calls 911. Oh, yeah. That's that's still too early, <laughs> but let's, let's give her that extra 20 minutes to not seem too crazy. All right, you can have 20 minutes of non-crazy time, narrator. Um, and then she says the 911 operator is like, okay, I guess, and she asks for the address and says, like, she says... The 911 oper operator said she would have patrol cars pass by more frequently for the next few nights. Um, is that a thing police do? I don't really know. Yeah. All right. Uh, one thing that they don't do is if you call them because your friend was like, I'll be right back, and they're not right back, they don't say, ah, they're probably fine, we're not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh if you tell them, like, hey, a creepy guy was on my roof and he saw my friend leave my house, uh, they'll be like, oh, okay, let's go find your friend before he gets murdered. Yeah, that would have been the better way to go about this. So, I don't know. And she also mentions that, like, there's nothing they can do until my friend's been gone for at least 24 hours thing that, like, a lot of people reference in stories. I don't know how true that is, but also, like, hey, there was a creepy man at my window clacking his teeth at me and now my friend is gone. It's probably, yeah. like, okay. We should probably deal with this. I think the waiting period for reporting missing persons is, like, filing that report is only if there's no reason to believe that they're in danger. Uh, but in this situation, there is very reason to believe that they're in much danger. Yeah, there's very reason for much danger. Um, and then she said that her friend's car had been broken into before because it's an old car and she like makes a point to say a lot of people especially guys do not look in their back seat every time they get into their car a lot of people who does that who is looking in the back seat of their car yeah, i always look in the back seat what I'm going to get murdered <laughs> 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 all right out of the three of us it sounds like jeff is the least likely to get murdered um cool. <laughs> but uh, then I, I kind of, I don't know, I guess I should save this for the discussion part, but I kind of appreciated that because, like, I would have been really upset if she didn't tell me what happened to the friend, if she was just like, yeah, blah, he's gone, I guess. Um, I mean, she kind of didn't say, right? Like, yeah. they don't find a body, do they? No, but, I don't know, I, I guess I, so I might be a little bit, uh, tainted because I just finished watching uh, the No End House uh, Channel Zero on Sci-Fi, and I will not spoil anything. But I was really upset because like none of the loose ends were tied up. There's so much that we didn't find out, and like I'm kind of satisfied with at least a little hint of like uh, this guy probably got him. So I'm like yeah. okay with that. 
the house doesn't end, so of course the story can't. Well, I mean, the story ends after six episodes. It just ends in a very unsatisfying way. Um, oh, well. Yeah, whatever. Uh, curse you, Nick Antosca. Can I say that on this podcast? Uh, he's been on the show before. I don't think he listens, but um, <laughs> I, that will be the first mean thing anyone's ever said about Uh-oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Nick Antosca. Uh, the, the feeling of frustration you're feeling is probably something that, as... Uh, an artist he meant to instill in you, so I think that he would go, Wahaha, I've succeeded. Yeah, and he's uh, petting a cat in his lap, and he's wearing an eye patch, and he turned around to do that. Uh, anyway, we should probably finish summarizing the story. Um, he So so the, the friend is never heard from again. Uh, ostensibly, he's dead. Um, and then she's like, when poor me, I have no friends except on Facebook, but I don't care about them. My friend is the only friend I had. Uh, now, at the end of the story, she's just sitting in her apartment. The TV is playing in the background, and she's thinking about it, thinking about the man. And she says that, like, maybe she's just being paranoid, but she thought that every time he clacked his mouth, it was stretching wider and wider. Which is kind of a weird supernatural thing to like tack on to the story that is kind of spooky because it's just like a dude. And then she says she has been waiting for hours and now she can hear it. Tap, 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 tap. I left my window unlatched. And that's the end of the story. Yeah, I, uh, hmm. I liked the way that it ended. Um, I thought that the story, in general, was, like, merely okay. I also didn't particularly like the narrator. Um, she over-enunciated her T's a lot, so we would get things, instead of saying certainty, like how most Americans would say certainty, she would say certainty. Yeah. And it, like, that is very quiet. Like, no, you can, I know, I understand that as a professional voiceover artist, you want to be as clear as possible and, like, particularly enunciate every single phoneme correctly. But uh, don't stress the tease. It's, that's like when someone does a, a British accent and they start turning every D sound into a T and not just fix it, not just fixing the, like, like, T's that Americans turn into D's. Yeah. So that, yeah. Anyway, that was just a weird sort of metatextual nitpick. Yeah. Uh, that particular narrator has been on the No Sleep podcast, which I frequent for a very long time. And every time I hear her start a story, I'm just like, ugh, not this again. Sorry, whoever you are. I'm sure you're, you're a very talented voice actor, but you should chill out with the diction. Yeah, I thought her presentation was pretty good. Um, Garrett, you ju- you like just read this story, right? So how did th- how did this strike you? Did you get oh, anything from no, it that, the uh, that we didn't? Oh no no no! The tapping. Hannah had gone. This had given kept Hannah awake for nights and nights. Okay, and she made me read it, and <laughs> <laughs> this is it is months that I know this story. Garrett is spoiling well my secrets because <laughs> she was probably messaging you, being like, "This girl's just like me. She never leaves her home. Uh, hates, <laughs> hates hates all of her friends." Uh oh, you yeah, guys know no, too I much about me. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of spooky. Um, I thought it was less spooky because I got a lot of entertainment out of making the tapping noise because. I can make it very well, and it frightens Hannah 
a lot. Okay, this um, is a lot of personal secrets on this podcast. <laughs> so I got more joy out of the story because I saw how afraid it made Hannah. But <laughs> yeah, reading it, reading it, it was uh, it was pretty spooky. Like the imagery, like the narrator does do a really good job of explaining how creepy this man is and the noise that he makes. Um, I was a little annoyed with, yeah, I was definitely annoyed with how the police respond to it. And, uh, as well as how she kind of responds to it. Like, it kind of bothers me that she's just like, oh yeah, like, the police aren't going to help me. And my friend is definitely dead, even though she's like, not, like, she doesn't know where he is. She never found the body or anything to get that kind of closure. And then just leaves her window unlocked for this creepy man to get her. And we don't even know how he gets her. All we know is that he taps his teeth. Like, why so can't she just set a trap for him and push him off the roof? Yeah, her, her like, thing that she says is he looks hungry. So the, I guess the implication is that he's, he's eating, eating a friend yeah. uh, somehow. I did not get that. I, oh, really? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I interpreted it as hungry in a way, like, I don't know, he wants to touch her? I like. Oh, you t- you thought that he was a sex pervert. Yeah, I think he's a creepy sex pervert man. Um, but interesting. He wants to also bite her. I think that this story in general was sort of a metaphor for um, the like mental illness problems that the narrator mentions at the beginning. Um, that it's like it's not. It's not about a hungry guy. It's about uh, those those times when you're trying to keep the monsters at bay, and then uh, you lose your support network, and you decide it's just not worth it anymore. Yeah, I also um, and then you that. let it consume you. Yeah, exactly. Assuming, you assuming decide he, to keep. Assuming he physically eats her, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally letting it consume her. Choose every part of her body off. Uh, oh god! <laughs> now this is way scarier. <laughs> uh, whoops! We that have made the story very scary. You're welcome. No sleep. Yeah, it's it's interesting um, because I think horror in general uh, does a lot as far as metaphors for mental illness and this um, this sort of hastily written shared uh on reddit um takes 10 minutes to read horror story is uh just as i think just as strong of a metaphor as any other like you get into i always use halloween as the example i don't think uh, i'm not sure if john carpenter meant for halloween to be a movie about the everyday horror of being a woman in america but it it is. That's what the movie's about. It's like, there's just throughout the whole movie there is this paranoia pretty much for no reason, because you constantly see Michael Myers just in the background standing there, and you know that he's gonna do a big stab. Um, and then this story, I think probably the author put the, the stuff that we're reading into it in there intentionally, about like I I feel like garbage, and eventually I'm just going to um, unlock my metaphorical window and let that 
uh, as Garrett said, consume her. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of The Babadook, which I know you've talked about on this podcast fairly extensively, or maybe that's on the other podcast. Oh, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's very good. Um, But, you know, instead of mental illness, that movie is going for, like, grief personified, and it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, here is a monster or creepy man, and you can interpret it as a monster or a creepy man if you want, but also it has a secondary meaning, and, like, yeah, that is a very well-crafted piece of film, and this is, like, a no-sleep story, but I think they're both kind of aiming for the same thing, which is, like, I have no real way to express this mental problem to everyone, and this is all I have, so here's a story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Garrett, are you a horror hound, or uh, um, are you, like like I was before I started this podcast, someone who t- tries to avoid that sort of thing? No, I love them. In fact, Anna and I... We, well, we watch bad ones. Uh, <laughs> we do, it's true. We like, we like to scour the Netflix and internet for very bad ones, but I do enjoy very good ones as well. I'm a big fan of the Babadook as well. Oh, yeah. yeah wait, that gay I- icon, the Babadook? Uh, no, I... Wait, maybe. I don't know. I watched it in California. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I watched it after I moved out here, so probably not, but it's possible, because oh. sometimes we watch movies yeah. that way. Uh, anyway, yeah, that famous gay icon, the Babadook. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love um, that movie a lot, and it uh, there's sort of a problem been highlighted online about people trying to, uh, big air quotes, solve movies, um, and I think that movies like that because the metaphor is so obvious, sort of defy that instinct. You can't solve the Babadook. It, it's about grief. It just is. There's no question there. Like, it's, um, it's about, like, a widow's loneliness. It's about grief. It's about the difficulties of being a single mother. And regardless of what it seems to be about, which is a woman who lives in a house that's haunted by some sort of shadow uh, top hat man. It's not. It's about other stuff. And I think that this uh, this story is definitely one where I haven't read the comments, and I won't read the comments, uh, but I suspect that there's at least one person in the comments who's like, I wonder what happened to that guy. Mm, you missed the point of the story. There is some, like, most people are just like, oh, I'm very scared of this spooky story. Yeah, yeah. that seems to be most of the no-sleep comments are just like, wow, I can't believe that scary thing happened to you, because they're into the role-playing aspect of it. But then, like, a lot of people are like, hey, grease the roof and let him fall off, or, like, put a banana peel on the branches of the tree, and I'm like, hold on, you don't understand. (laughs) That won't stop him, because he's a metaphor for depression. Yeah, we got you. You're a metaphor, and you're unstoppable. (laughs) Haha, we've done it. Is that a metaphorical banana? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like the monster in It Follows, which is uh, I don't know a metaphor for STDs or lack of uh, ability to commit, well, something like that, probably. But it's also unstoppable, uh, and I'm glad that the story didn't actually explicitly make the man supernatural. Yeah, I that's why I, I mentioned when I was reading through, I was kind of bothered at the end how she's like, "Oh man, his mouth is stretching in a spooky way." I'm like, "No, just let him let him be a scary guy." and he's a metaphor and a scary metaphor and just like do that it's fine yeah and i remember i think i remember when you initially had listened to this uh anna 
you said the scariest part is that it was a regular guy. Like, if it was, like, a ghost or, like, some kind of demon person, um, then it's less scary. But the fact that, like, it, it could be, like, an actual crazy person outside your window, like a regular person, then that's what makes it scarier. <laughs> I live in a place where, like, I have a balcony, and it would be very possible for someone to get to that balcony and just, like, stare at me, and I think about oh, no. that all the time, so... <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure whether it's from, like, the story or just the fact that I'm a paranoid creep, um, but, yeah. So this, I, I think, like, the story just sort of played into my natural fears, which is why I liked it so much, so... Well, now you got me afraid because I live in a basement room with a ground level window. Oh my god! <laughs> Run away! Leave the house! Never come back! <laughs> I can't. It's impossible. I'm stuck. Uh, yeah, I'm trapped in here by uh, jokes, jokes, jokes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Trapped in here by jokes. Uh oh. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> That's let's even more terrifying. <laughs> Let's transition out of the horrors of real life and into the spookiest parts of this story. Garrett, please tell me about which aspect or moment uh, in the story you found to be most terrifying. I think definitely the most terrifying is when she initially sees the man, when mm. she thinks she starts second guessing herself. She's not sure that, like, is this really what I'm seeing or am I just crazy? But the fact that, like, the tapping noise that she's been hearing for several nights is actually a man uh, on her window ledge. Uh, that was my creepiest yeah. part. Oh no! What's your creepiest part? <laughs> oh no! Well, I can I can find a second one, but I just want to say, like, I didn't think that this story was particularly well written. Sorry, author, but um, this this portion I think is well written. The part that Garrett's talking about, she says, you know, I. As I watched, he repeatedly opened and closed his mouth, his eyes locked on the blank space of the wall that would be that I would be behind if I were in bed. The rhythmic motion caused a slight sound as his teeth clashed together, his face a rictus of ecstasy. That's spooky. That's a spooky man. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other part that I found spooky was the ending, right? Like, all right, just let him let him have me. My friend's dead. I have no one. Let this man have me. That's kind of a scary thing, too, you know, just like to be consumed by your big yeah, problem. You, you took my spookiest part, which is, yeah, the ending, uh, especially the way it was read. The, um, the, and there's this, uh, the line, finally, after hours of waiting, I can hear it, that she's waiting for him, um, because she's left the window unlatched tonight, and she's waiting to, to let the monster in, finally, to take her after all this time. That's pretty spooky. Yeah, I think so. Um, do we have any final thoughts on the story before we move on to social media plugs? Uh, I mean, I would say that I really enjoyed the reading of it on the No Sleep podcast more than I think I would have enjoyed just, like, looking at it, because that was the first place I heard it, just because it was so well done and very spooky. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Garrett, any other final thoughts? Um, yeah, I think, um, uh, Hannah's gotten me to read a good number of creepypasta type things um and i like this one better than most of them i think it's overall generally spooky. yeah we get a lot of uh pretty bad no sleep stories and sometimes they are um 
a good concept that's written, just sort of like give it a couple other drafts, which I think this one falls into. Um, but I think my preferred category of no sleep story is, uh, the worst, like a very bad concept that is executed flawlessly. Looking uh, at you, pancake family. Such- Exactly. For example, the Pancake Family. Because um, that, that's, that story is so wonderfully written, but has the absolute dumbest premise and twist and ending. But like the actual prose and the way it's constructed and the pacing is all so like pitch perfect, like uh, New York Times bestseller detective novel type of uh, wording, and I love it. Uh, and please, if you have any other suggestions of stories that are, like, extremely well-written, but their concept is outlandish garbage, please send them in for us to cover on the show, um, because I think that we get a lot of good discussions out of that sort of thing. Um, but also, if you have any stories like this that have a sort of, uh, metaphorical or psychological concept, um, even if it's executed poorly, um, it's that that I think is so more the platonic ideal of creepypasta is um, is a story that is like uh, maybe doesn't nail it, but it has some pretty good ideas that you won't normally see in uh, mainstream media. Everyone send Jeff all your creepy stories, every single one you have and make him sift through them. Mm, no, I don't. I let the guests choose. I don't read them until a guest chooses it. That's true. <laughs> Um, let's get into social media plugs. I don't know why I'm calling it that this time. Probably because I didn't brief either of you beforehand on the fact that we do social media plugs. <laughs> um, Garrett, Garrett, if fans would like to uh, send you some sort of online message about how good you are on this podcast, or if you have any other creative projects that you would like to promote, now's the time. Um, I guess the only other social media I really use is either facebook or instagram so i guess you can follow me on instagram it's garrett underscore the bowl so that's garrett with two r's and two t's um and you can shoot me a message on there if you felt like doing so don't send anything mean uh save all your me- save all your mean messages for me i don't get too many of them but you know sometimes just don't bother my guests uh i've gotten i've gotten comments on like third party podcast uh websites where they don't host but they'll like read list a podcast and have their own comment system which i hate and i don't like especially because they don't have any sort of filter for the comments so people are allowed to say extremely mean things about uh some of my guests and i don't like that uh because like i don't have an account on podbean or whatever so like I don't. I can't moderate those comments until I find out that they exist, uh, which I did, and I took screenshots, and then I sent them to Podbean and was like, hey, uh, I didn't ask for you to put my podcast on your website, so can you not let people, like, say swears about my show on a comment page with my name attached to it? Thank you. Oh, the internet. <laughs> There's stuff on there, that's yeah. for sure. The internet's madness. Um Oh, speaking of Instagram, Hannah, I just, we recently became Facebook friends, and Instagram connects to Facebook and was recently like, hey, follow your new friend on Instagram. And I was like, oh, let's see. And your Instagram last updated in 2013. That's right. Yep. (laughs) I am 
I think you were either just starting undergrad or still in high school, and that's a nightmare. That's true. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm a horrible uh, uh, internet nothing. Uh, I don't exist <laughs> online, uh, except a little bit. Uh, I Oh, is this time to do plugs? Yes, exactly. I was going to prompt you if you weren't going to do it yourself. Yeah, I figured out that segues are existent. Um, that's fine. I, uh, I have a Twitter. Uh, I made it just to follow seeing Reddit and the McElroys, basically. Uh, but you can be my friend on it if you want. Oh, no, it's not called Friends. Um, it's uh, Banana Xylophone, I think, probably. Uh, spelled like it sounds... Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, I mean, xylophone in general is not spelled like it sounds. Uh, yeah, Z Z I L O F O. Don't confuse the audience. Poor audience. <laughs> Sorry, audience. Banana xylophone. Two dictionary words spelled in the ways that you would expect. That's good. Um, you can uh, Snapchat me if you want, because that's how I became friends with Jeff, and I think it's the only way I know how to make internet friends. Um, it's a banana boat. V3, the last two are just a letter and a number. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically all I do. Me, you can find... Um, yeah, sure, Snapchat me. I'm JeffJK on Snapchat, JeffJK on Instagram. Um, go to the website, weaponizedlanguage.com, to listen to more episodes of this show and the other show that I make called Seeing Reddit. Um, that one is less smart than this show. It's mostly stupid. We talk primarily about uh, three subjects. The Monsters, the Universal Monsters franchise, and Frankensteins. Now, I understand. You might think that those are all the same thing, <laughs> but the way in which we talk about them, they're very different. But what about Captain Transylvania? He needs to make a crossover appearance. <laughs> I mean, he's part Frankenstein. He's not all Frankenstein. Yeah. I think that he's a Frankenstein with other uh, monster aspects to him. Yeah, there's something about he got bit by a wolfman and uh, is the son of a Dracula, maybe? Oh no, Mike. That might be the monster. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, I mix those up a lot. See? Yeah, it's easy to do. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash jeffjk, and you'll get all the things that I make on there for a mere $1 a month, and if you give me more money than that in the, uh, options listed, you'll get, be able to get more and different things. Um, I also have an Etsy shop, shop called Fun Times Online. Um, I've gotten a couple orders from listeners. Uh, for Perler Bead Sprites, I will take custom orders. I also have the, um, Bob's Burgers... Whoa, I have a burp in me. Oh no. oh, no. Get it out. I have the Bob's Burgers family, the Belcher family, all, uh, not listed, but they're, they're made. Um, every time I list them, I get, a. Uh, uh, takedown notice uh, because Fox has, I guess, some legal intern browse uh, f fan creation selling websites and ish and be like, I can't have this on there. Um, She's going to take this podcast down, all of it. It's all going to be gone. Uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. It's impossible. This podcast is bulletproof. Uh, She's not going to take it down with a gun. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> alright uh, you got me those are all the things about finding me um, I guess if you want to follow me on twitter j3fk I don't like uh, using twitter as much anymore um, because I think I put my best foot forward on instagram where it's pictures of food or my cat 
or sometimes my cat sitting on me and me making a sour face. Um, that's all. That's the entire show. Uh, tap, 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 tap. I left my window unlatched. Thank you.